0: On today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast, I sit down with actor and director Jason Mack to talk about his new movie titled A Father's Legacy. We talk about what a legacy is and how, as a dad, you know you're starting to think about one. Before we dive into that, though, I want to thank my friends over at Samaritan Ministries for making today's episode possible. Samaritan Ministries is a community of Christians paying one another's medical bills without the use of insurance. You'll be connected to Christians across the nation who care for one another spiritually and financially when a medical need arises. Their direct member-to-member approach is one of the many joys of being a Samaritan member. It's biblical, affordable, and you can join today. I'm reminded of Philippians four two, which says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interest of others. And that's what Samaritan Ministries does. It lets you help care for other families, spiritually and financially, when a medical need arises, while they help care for yours. You have the freedom to choose the doctors, treatments, and hospitals that work best for you and your family a broken bone, maybe you get cancer, medical emergency. You don't have to be limited by network restrictions when it comes to choosing your healthcare provider. There's another way. Healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries is affordable. There's a program and sharing level that could fit your budget with monthly costs ranging from $200 to $555 for a family of two or more. Here's how it works. When a medical need arises, you choose the healthcare providers and treatments that work best for you. Medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries and they notify the members to pray and send money directly to you to help pay your shareable bills. They also have tons of online resources available to help you choose quality healthcare providers to price medical procedures and 24-7 access to medical professionals by phone or email to get medical advice before you visit the doctor, which is going to save you time and money. To learn more about being part of this amazing community, go to SamaritanMinistries.org dadtired Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org slash Dad Tired. Super excited to jump into this interview with Jason Mack. Before we do, though, I want to read one of the chapters from our Dad Tired devotional called Stop Behaving. If you are looking for a devotional that you can do by yourself or with a group of friends or some guys from your church, I highly recommend that you pick some copies up of this book. I think it's going to be really helpful for you guys. It's a four-week devotional that you go through every day for four weeks. Really helpful to go through as a group, but again, you can do it by yourself. This particular chapter comes out of week three, which is called The Gospel and Your Kids, And this title of this chapter is called Beautiful Feet, Becoming a Father of Joy. Let me read it to you. Do you have beautiful feet? If you're like most men, the answer is probably no. In the book of Romans, Paul makes an interesting comment about feet to his readers. Take a look. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? That's Romans 10, 15. But what exactly is the good news Paul is referring to? The good news of Jesus is that God didn't bail on us. We were broken, rebellious, sinful people, and yet, instead of running away from us, God ran toward us. Instead of giving us the punishment we deserved, God gave us mercy. Instead of calling us his forever enemies, God called us his forever children. God doesn't hate us or merely tolerate us. He delights in us. That's really good news. Such good news, in fact, that it changes every aspect of our lives. It allows us to find hope in hopeless situations. It allows us to set down our anxiety because we know that there is a God who loves us and who is in control. It allows us to set aside our fear of politics and war and even death because we know that our eternity is secure with God. Because of this good news, the writer of Psalm 13.5 can say, I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. We have been given the greatest news of all time and it is our source of joy. Would your kids describe you as a giver of good news? When they look at your life, and trust me, they're looking, do they see a man who has been affected by this good news? Do they see a man who has joy from his salvation? Psalm 51.12 As dads, we take our roles as protector, provider, and enforcer, but often we forget that we are the primary person responsible for bringing this good news to our kids. When they hear your footsteps approaching, May they be footsteps of beautiful feet bringing good news. Brother, don't just be the one who brings rules and discipline to your home. Laugh with your kids. Have fun with them. Enjoy them. Delight in them. Let them see that you've been changed by the greatest news of all time. Live a life that convinces them there is no greater news on earth than knowing that God of all creation delights in both you and them. Again, that's from week three, day four, titled Beautiful Feet. Becoming a father of joy. If you want to pick up one of these copies or a few of these copies for you and your friends, you can go to Amazon or wherever books are sold. Again, highly recommend that you pick up the dad tire devotional called Stop Behaving. That being said, let's dive in to our conversation with Jason Mack. Jason, super excited to have you on today with us, man. For the audience who may not be familiar with you, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days, dude.
1: I'm a storyteller from South Carolina and I'm living in Los Angeles. And I mean, we'll probably get into it, but now, I've got a movie coming out yeah. in just a few days, a uh, Father's Legacy, which is a really personal story for me. Mm. And um, it's essentially my love letter to my father mm. and it talks about that father-son relationship and really also it explores some some ideas of, of kind of shame and feeling unworthy yeah. and, and and am I qualified to contribute, yeah. you know? And so I'm pumped. I mean, this film, I was telling you kind of earlier that we filmed it in 2018, and it's coming out now in 2021. Yeah. And it's just been this, this grind to get it out. But it's also, it's just been mine, Yeah. right? I wrote it, directed it, acted in it. And now in a few days, we get to release it into the world. Yeah. And I get to see how are people going to respond to it? And not so much, do they like it or do they not? But how do they relate to it? What does it make them feel? Right, And, and that's what art is. It's not going to be mine anymore in a few yeah. days. And I'm really excited. And I honestly don't really know how to feel. Mm. It's very surreal, but that's where I'm at literally right now.
0: Yeah, dude. Oh, I can sense the excitement, which is just I can tell you poured your heart and soul into this, man. I have a three month old daughter. So this is like the worst analogy. Any dad knows this is not a good analogy and all of our wives would hit us for this, but they say like, so I write books. They say, when you write a book, it's like giving birth, you know, like like, (laughs) (laughs) my wife would be like, you're so dumb. Like it's not at all. Like giving birth, (laughs) like shut up. But you know, just the process of it, like marinating and growing and like the work you put into like toiling to get it all. And then it, you finally put it into the world, you know? And uh so it's just, again, all of our wives, any mom who's listening is like, you're so dumb, you know, but I imagine putting a movie together, it's got to feel that same feeling just like years, 2018, dude. it's like, that's a long yeah. time for like to, that to be putting together. And yeah, now it's I mean,
1: gonna... Yeah. Wrote it 2017. Wow. It's like, and what's tough, and I think the hardest thing to kind of reconcile is, and you probably feel the same way because, so, you know, you do one of your, your podcasts and people hear it and, and maybe it's half an hour, an hour whatever. And they're like, oh, this is great. And they don't see the prep time. Yeah. They don't see the, the technical problems that came up that you had to fix. They don't see the editing. And so there's this big thing behind it that's very much you're invested in but the audience has no idea and that's fine that they really shouldn't. Right. And that's for me, I've got such this, so much experience with it. And and when they see it, they'll know nothing about it. Yeah. <laughs> they'll know, maybe yeah. I'll tell them a few stories, but it's just what's on the screen. Yep. That's it.
0: Well, I'll say this, dude, what's on the screen is really good. So I had a chance to, I mean, you know, it comes out this Thursday, which is the 17th, of 20th, for whoever's listening, maybe years from now, you know, needs to go back. <laughs> but June 17, 2021 is when the film's released. Is that the right date? Did I get that right? Yeah, that's like, right. I, yeah. Yeah. So, but I got to watch it a little bit early. And so I put the family to bed. I very rarely have the time to like sit down and watch a movie these days, yeah. but put the family to bed, I was upstairs and I watched it and I'm dude, I'm just like, crying super hard, like ridiculous, anything that has anything to do with fatherhood stuff, dude, it's just like yeah. hit the nerve. And so I'm crying. I'm like, I just pray my wife doesn't come up here right now. And like, she's like, what are you doing? You know, but it was so good, man. It was so good. I'd love to hear like, what was your heartbeat behind writing this movie about dads?
1: So what really all the themes, everything that you see in there is from my father passed away unexpectedly mm. in 2016. Mm. And I was living in Los Angeles at the time. i had been there for a few years and my family's in South Carolina. So I remember, I mean, I remember getting a phone call from my mom and he had had heart surgery, but everything was cool. Okay. And then something had popped up and she called and she was like, Hey, so something happened last night. He's in the hospital. And I was like, and she's trying to, you know, she's trying to play it cool. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and it was around Christmas. I was already going to come home a few days later. I was like, do I need to come home? And you know, she didn't say anything. I was like, mm. I'm coming home. Mm. So I hop on a plane. And ultimately, like things took a very different turn than what we thought. We thought everything was going to ultimately be fine. Mm. And it didn't work out that way. And we were very fortunate as a family to be able to say goodbye, as our dad passed on. And I'm very grateful for that. And I got to show him and i had forgotten about this actually in, in, until today is I'd made my first short film mm. and I was gonna show them at Christmas. Mm. And so I pulled it up on my iPad and I was just like, I want him to see it, you know? And he, he, his spirit was there and mm. I know he heard it mm. and he was proud, mm-hmm. but that was very much a before and after moment in my life when mm. my father was here on earth and then when he was gone. And I remember having a conversation with like an ICU nurse on the day of, I was like, I feel like I'm gonna be different. Mm. And, and so in that process after losing him, just really explored that father-son relationship and father-son stories, kind of like you were saying, they've always hit me when I see them in movies or TV. Like they always just they get me. Yeah. And so I explored that more and really asked myself, like, what, what was my dad to me? Mm. And, and also conversely trying to to flip that perspective and be like, what was I to him? Mm. And those themes really are the bedrock of the movie. And that's why I started writing it. And I said, I was like, I've got to tell this story. And I'm going to I'm going to do it in a way that no one can tell me no, because mm-hmm. my industry is, is very much a permission based industry. Mm. You kind of wait for someone else to, to tell you. Yes. Interesting. As an actor, you wait for your your agent, or your manager to call and be like, hey, you got you got an audition. And then you hope the casting director is like, cool. And then go the next step, next step. And yeah. so you can wait around a lot. And I was like, well, I want more control of my story. Mm. And that's why I've gotten into directing and writing more. Because I was like, hey, while I'm waiting around for acting, I can at least exercise these different muscles. Yeah. Also, my wife says I love to be like, I'd be a really good consultant because I love to offer my opinion on everything. So <laughs> that's also why I think. Yeah, directing. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure
0: all of my wives say that to some. Extent. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, so I just I wrote the script in a way we shot it at my family's property. Oh, wow! So like that pawn house in the film, like essentially, which is a whole nother character. That's ours. That was ground that my father loved. Wow. That he lived on. He played wow. with his grandkids on, and that was really important. Not only from a logistical, here's a location standpoint, but just to be authentic. Yeah, and just to have his his presence. I truly believe by shooting it there that there was going to be something that was going to bleed through yeah. into the camera, and I truly think that that something did. And I just wrote it. I was like, I don't care if we have $10, $10, 10,000, 10 million. Mm. We did not have 10 million. (laughs) Not even close. Yeah. Like, we're going to make this movie. I'm going to tell this story because it's my love letter to my dad and I got to get it out there. Wow. Whatever was in me, I just refused. I was going to make it no matter what. Mm. And well, it turned
0: out great, man. Turned out great. It sounds like you were close to your dad then. You guys were close.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's funny is, so I have a degree in finance. Hmm. and, and he definitely would have preferred that I was a banker 100%. Yeah. And so, and I grew up in the South. So imagine telling your Southern parent that, Hey, I'm going to move to Los Angeles and be an actor. It's like, you might as well be telling them that you're going to, you know, like grow horns and wings and and flap around on Mars. So, but at the same time, I understand now that we project our idea of success on Mm. those around us. Mm -hmm. And so, but also I knew that no matter what I could call him and he would love me and he would Mm. support me. So even though he maybe had different ideas for me, he was supportive and whatever I did and who I was as a human. And he definitely, I mean, he pushed me. I mean, we were, you know, I remember he coached some of our sports teams. He was fiery. Mm. He was a fiery dude. I remember that. Yeah.
0: How old was he when he passed away?
1: In his seventies. Wow. So, but he's still like, that's, he was about to retire. He'd been working a really long time. Like for all intents and purposes, if it wasn't due to literally kind of like something resulting from a surgery, yeah, he'd still be here. Yeah. Like he was, you know, moving around good, active when it's time, it's time. And that's, we don't know what happens tomorrow.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I beat this drum so many times on this show, but I mean, For most guys listening, you're somewhere around the halfway mark of that age, right? Halfway. That's nuts, dude. Like halfway done for most of us. When you keep that perspective in front of you, it's a lot harder to get caught up in things that don't really matter when you just keep that perspective. dude.
1: I mean, it's something that I struggle with Mm -hmm. and because when I got into this game, I mean, I got in late theoretically, probably in my mid twenties mm. and it's definitely been over a decade now, but I'm supposed to be in a very different place than I was now. Mm. I'm supposed to be, you know, I was supposed to get a TV series and then start my directing journey on the second or third season.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I was supposed to be living in a house in the hills and, and with like an assistant who was paying my cell phone bill and taking care of all the mundane stuff. Right. Like the expectations were different. And sometimes like even recently, it's like, am I like super far behind? Have I missed like my best years? Mm. And then it's like exactly what you just said. It's perspective. And it's like the best is yet to come. Maybe it wasn't my timeline, you know, but I think also as a person, I've grown a lot. In the yeah. past three, four, five years. I've learned a lot about myself. And I don't even know if I was ready for whatever I wanted when I wanted it. Yep. I don't know if I'm ready now. <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: I mean, most of us aren't, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's what the message was so powerful in the movie, you know. And you essentially, I'm trying not to give away all the the great parts of the movie, but essentially you had you found yourself accidentally with a mentor, like an older a sage, a wiser guy who's going to come in and pour in some wisdom in a short amount of time into your life, uh, your character's life, you know, there, but, but I mean, and he's really pointing you back to here's what actually matters. You mentioned this at the beginning, but you tackle the subject of shame, which I thought was really, it was cool how you did that, man, because I think there are a lot of dudes who are really struggling with shame and you don't really, this isn't something that's talked about a lot. And so the fact that you interweave that piece of people's pretty regular, story into that movie. I'd love to hear like what what was your thought process behind that? Why did you put that theme in there?
1: You know, what's interesting is when I was writing the film, I was like I want to tell a story about someone who just doesn't have the maturity to know that his actions have consequences. You know, or that his words have consequences that he can hurt the people around him by what he does mm-hmm. and he's not just in this together, he's not just out for himself. And and so and and also with the old man You know, things that happened in his past, some things he controlled, some things he he couldn't. And I put that in there because those were things that were deep within me. Mm -hmm. But if I'm being completely honest with you, I understand it more now, three years, four years later from writing it than when I wrote it. And that's why I've been telling people, I think this film might be, I didn't realize how much of myself I put into it Mm -hmm. because I've learned. How bad shame can be, and shame loves to live in the dark. If you want to get rid of shame, it's very easy. That's right. You just share it. That's right. 100% you just share it.
0: Hundred percent agree.
1: Yes. Right. Yeah. And once you do, usually what happens is, if you share it with a true heart of of, hey, listen, I, I made a mistake, or this mm-hmm. is the truth, you'll you'll probably be more respected. Mm-hmm. You'll probably be more loved. You'll probably build a greater relationship. However, as men, and especially myself coming from the South, there was emotions we weren't supposed to feel in public. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. cry in public. You'll look weak. Don't right. be sensitive. You'll be you'll look weak. People take advantage of you. And it's not true. Yep. Right? And so even looking back on that now, it's like, that's been a big thing for me in talking about the film is, is really that's what it was at the root of these two men was shame. Now, yeah. when I wrote it, I think it was more from a place of fear. But as I've gotten... As I've lived some life, I realized it was like, oh, that fear, that shame.
0: Yep. It's masking itself as mm-hmm. something else. Yeah.
1: Yep. What was
0: so beautiful about that, the way that you did that was that you had this kind of older sage pouring into this younger guy. And yet this guy who's imparting wisdom is imparting it through his own hurt and failures, not his own successes, Mm-mm. which was so beautifully done. Because I think what paralyzes so many dudes is how am I gonna pour into anyone when I got my own crap I'm dealing with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either currently or in my past.
1: Yeah, I'm not worthy.
0: Yeah, I'm not worthy. I'm not,
1: well, I'm disqualified.
0: And we do that with our kids. Like I can't how am I even like I kind of hold back on giving my kids the best that I can give them because I'm I got my own stuff I'm dealing with. Or right, I hold off on giving my wife. How am I gonna lead my wife when I'm like, I got my own stuff, let alone pour into other people around me. And so you just tackled that so beautifully. I'm sure you have some thoughts on that, man. I'd love to hear. I think so many dudes are paralyzed by that. I'm not qualified. I'm not worthy. Can't be used.
1: Yeah. We're all busted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're all busted. We're all busted. And I've realized that about myself and I'm I'm busted. I'm broken. I mean, if you don't have a therapist, I highly recommend everybody. there. Yeah. Talk to him once a week. Because we all have things that we need to unload and we need to examine. And oh, like there's this fear. Okay, what is it? Where is it coming from? And this idea there's a lot of films, especially when you start touching on like faith and religion, that kind of, you know, they, they, there's like a perfect character in there and, and, and then they lead the broken right. person. Right. I was like, but yo, that's not my experience. Yep. The people that have impacted me the most are the broken. Yep. I wanted to show that that we're not disqualified because we've made a mistake. And, and I think that even speaks to a bigger volume is, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. The movie isn't just about like biological fathers. Right. We're born with. For me, I had coaches mm-hmm. who, from their perspective, they may have only been investing in me from an athletic perspective, but I wanted to be a professional tennis player until I was like 17. Yes. Then I realized I just wasn't good enough. Yeah. <laughs> but I worked really hard. Yeah. And, but they taught me how to have a work ethic. Mm -hmm. They taught me that if you want something, you got to take steps to go get it. If that Mm -hmm. means waking up early and getting some reps in before school. Okay, well do it. It means learning how to lose and learning from your losses Mm -hmm. and also how to win maturely Mm -hmm. and graciously. And these are things that have very much carried into my life, especially in storytelling. And, and I had a wonderful biological father, but there's been many men who I've learned along the way. And Like for you, you you said you didn't have that relationship, yeah. but I bet you can point to some men who invested in you along the way.
0: Yeah. So dude, such a, such a good point, man. One of the things that I'm learning, I still feel young in many ways. I'm a young dad, I hope in many ways, but I'm getting more and more gray in my hair (laughs) and in my beard here. And I was saying something the other day to some close friends of mine. I'm like, I said it so confidently, like, no, I feel like I still relate to high schoolers or something. And they literally just started laughing, like laughing out loud, like, Jared, you are so old to like a a high schooler, (laughs) like high schoolers don't think you're cool and relevant. Like, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's actually probably true. When I was in high school and I was looking at somebody in their mid thirties, I was like, that's an old dude, you know, (laughs) that's an old guy. But as I'm moving into this stage of life, like the halfway point, like we were just talking about, I'm learning one of the greatest maybe one of the greatest signs of maturity that I'm starting to look less into my own life. And I'm starting to look at like, what does it look like to take these hurts, experiences, failures, and to start to pour them out into other people's lives? Like you were just describing the coaches, the, for us, it's like the neighborhood kids who don't have any dads. What does it look like to be a father to the fatherless or to join with good dads and to help raise other kids or impart good wisdom to them. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just a sign of maturity. I don't think I'm like there yet. I think I'm so early on in that, but I I think I've like, I see that path. That's the next path that I'm going to be running on. And it's really exciting to me. And I don't mean to keep rambling here. I'm just processing out loud. I I, I apologize, dude, but I would want to say one thing to our dad tired listeners, especially dad tired guys who have been faithful to this podcast a long time. I would just challenge you if you're listening, like, maturity, I think is going to be as you start to get to that stage as a listener, as a man, like one of the legacies we want to leave behind is for kids, our own kids. But I think, think bigger, like think bigger than that beyond like anybody that shows up in your life, that's younger, especially young men. What does it look like for us as men, as we're growing into these years to pour ourselves out for other men and to help shape them. But anyway, I'm excited about that for the future dad tire, but I appreciate you bringing that point up.
1: And I love it. And to add to that, there's a line in the film that Tobin Bell who played Billy delivers beautifully. Yeah. yeah. And he says, sometimes you just have to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think now, especially in, in our culture right now is you're supposed to eat the perfect food, take a picture of it and then post it on Instagram. <laughs> and then you're supposed to say the perfect thing. You're supposed to wear the perfect thing and, and bring the perfect gift. And it's like, you know what, especially when we're talking about like young people, teenagers and younger mm-hmm. yeah. being with them. Yep. Being with them. That's it. It's not worry about the best thing to say. Just be there and be invested in them. And that makes all the difference.
0: Yep. And, and dude, a young person wants that. Like, they want real, man. They just want, like, just can and, you help know me? Can, like,
1: they're, I think they're tired. Yes. I think and we're you know, all tired of it. You know, and you know what, though, the thing is, like, we say young people, they want that. You know what I've learned? Everyone does. Yeah. Like, when someone invests in you, and even if it's an older man or the same age, it doesn't matter. Like, so, and I do a lot of work at a gym, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'll train people and they come in and these are adults. A lot of them are older than me and they want to get fitter. They want to get healthier, whatever. You show an investment in them. You show that you genuinely care. It changes the way they walk, Yep. you know, and that's what's our legacy. Yes. Right. Maybe it's not going to be a bronze statue because you're a big sports figure or the first astronaut on Mars. But what's the legacy that we're going to leave behind from just the people we see every day? Because we can change the way people walk. That's
0: it, dude. If we just summarize it all down, like it's legacy. That's the sign of maturity. You're thinking about legacy, which is uh, even the title of your movie was like, (laughs) I was drawn to it, you know, but that's it, man. Legacy is not going to be my 401k. It's not going to be this house or any investment I made. It's not going to be how I did in my career. It's how did I love the people around me, the people God put around me really, really, really well and pour my life out for them. And I think, man, in our 20s, it's okay to, you know, we're pretty selfish. What's my life going to be like? What's my own career? How am I going to get myself established? What's my, but there's got to be a shift. And I'm finding for me, it's in my thirties. When I hit my thirties, it's like, I'm shifting away from me, me, me. What's my own life. And now it's like, all right, man, I'm getting close to the back half of the race. If God gives me a long life, (laughs) Uh, you know, we could go at any day, but as I get to that back half, what does it look like to pour myself out for other people? That's legacy stuff.
1: And as we get older and you can testify to this in our twenties, I felt like I lived my twenties on other people's terms. Yeah. I felt like I was like, well, I gotta be here. I gotta do that because this may happen. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know what? Like I can live my life and I can kind of like dictate my own terms a little bit more and trust that it's going to happen because this is a race. Mm-hmm. And you know hopefully it's going to be a long race, but there's time. The
0: other thing about that is, I guess another way of saying that is, you start to determine the end goal, the finish line, and what that looks for you. And what it looks like for you. If you don't, if I don't know what the finish line is of my own life, I will be running after other people's finish line that they've determined for me. Yeah. My boss tells me, here's what your success looks like. So I just run towards that or the culture, whomever wants to determine what the finish line is. But I think there becomes a point, like you're saying, it's like, now I'm going to do things on my own terms. Here's what success looks like for me in my life. And I'm going to just say no to everything that doesn't make sense for that in goal. Yeah. And you know, what's funny, dude, even as I talk about this, I'm going to be like in 20 years, I'll listen. I'm like, I, I was still so dumb. Right. We're going to be, like, man, we thought we were like like wisdom, I had wisdom, wow. just not smart at all. You know, don't know what I'm talking about, but like I said, I don't think I'm even on that track yet. I just yeah. see the track and I think that's the next, that's the next. What's thing.
1: funny is like, so I've been doing a lot of press for the film. Yeah. And which is, which has blown my mind as it is. And I've been talking to a lot of people and they're asking me about this movie. And I'm like, I'm not an expert, yeah. you know. I was like, I was just, you know, dealing with my own fears and insecurities and my own relationships, and I put them into this movie. They're just my personal thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just telling you what Jason thinks.
0: Yeah, dude. Well, I relate to that, you know. Every time anyone asks me to speak on anything, I'm like, ah. <laughs> I'm just trying to process out <laughs> loud here. Well, dude, I'm just wishing you just some massive success with the movie. We've promoted it to our Dad Tired audience. I know a lot of guys have already, it's on their radar and it comes out this week. We gave away three couples some tickets so they can go have a little date night.
1: Oh, um, yeah, sweet. we did
0: that. Yeah, we did that over on Instagram. So three couples won those tickets and hopefully those dudes will take their wives out to go watch the movie. And
1: Yeah, totally. Treat that. You know, what's funny is uh, we're talking about a date night. My three-year wedding anniversary is tomorrow.
0: Oh, nice, man! That's a big yeah, week so for you.
1: It's a big week for me. So, three years of marriage, and then uh, two days later, you know, a movie. I mean, arguably, I was telling my wife, I was like, I think this is the biggest thing that's ever happened for me on Thursday night. Yeah, so,
0: man. What are you gonna do on Thursday? Like, where will you be?
1: I'll be if anyone wants to hop in. I'll be mm-hmm. at Regal LA Live. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna is go. That see- that like a,
0: That's like a place.
1: Yeah, it's a theater Oh, it's oh Regal okay. theater at <laughs> yeah. LA live. Yeah. And I was like, it's it's I think it's one of the signature theaters in Los Angeles. Mm. And um, I've seen many movies there. Mm. And I was like, I got to go see my movie there. Mm. So and I know there's a bunch of people I know that are going to be there. And we're definitely oh. going to go celebrate afterwards. But I was like, I gotta go see it. I'm like, mm. I'm not going to sit at home. I mean, no. I've already seen the movie, right? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be fun to see it with a group of people. Um, yeah, man. And to just watch them kind of respond. And you know, a lot of them will probably learn a little bit something about me, you
0: know? Mm -hmm. Well, dude, as a new friend, peer to peer, I'm proud of you, man, for stepping into a a hard and inspiring and meaningful topic. I think these are the kinds of stuff, you know, we can all be entertained, but you took entertainment to another level. And I think you're going to inspire a lot of people to look introspectively. And as a result of that, I think that they're going to be better men for it. So I'm proud of you, man. I, I know your dad would be really proud of you. You did a good work, man, and I'm honored to spread the word about it. Thanks for hanging out with us today, dude.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.